This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a post-acute healthcare podcast about community, connections, and belonging. VGM is a member service organization serving durable and home medical equipment providers and manufacturers. VGM also has communities for respiratory, complex rehab, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, therapy, and orthotics and prosthetics industries. With VGM, you're part of something bigger. In today's episode of Industry Matters, I'm talking with Mark Higley, VP of Regulatory Affairs for VGM Government, about succession planning. We released an ebook or a guide, Succession Planning, Identifying What is Next for Your Business and How to Make It Happen. And I wanted to have Mark on to really walk us through some of these key points of this guide. So before we dive in, Mark, tell us a little bit um, about who you are, who you are, and your background. Great, thank you, Mandy. Um, yes, as 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 you said, I've been the uh, vice president for regulatory affairs for about twenty years. I joined VGM in nineteen ninety eight and held a variety of positions that had to do with business development, and I somewhat evolved into a business metric position, as well as I'm the representative for the uh, regulatory affairs in our government division. So a lot of um, oh, Medicare proposed rules I analyze, but basically for at least the last decade with a lot of um, changes in the industry, uh, most of the uh, listeners today are, are aware of competitive bidding and other regulatory challenges and some legislative challenges I've kind of dug into deeply the business metrics of our industry, the demographics, the trends, and so forth. And as most of you are aware, as of late, there's been a flurry of activity, uh, mergers and acquisitions, new startups. And there was a demand for um, some assistance in everything from valuations to what do I want to do if I want to sell my business or what are my options? And as you noted, um, I was proud to put together um, a 27-page guide, and I believe you're going to uh, you'll um, let the uh, listeners know how to access that. And I'll summarize some of the items from the guide today, as well as some of my my own comments. Awesome, thank you, Mark. And if members are familiar with you, they know they can call you anytime, day or night, and you will you will always. Um, work with them and talk with them. And we so appreciate that about you and your willingness to help the membership. I'll give you my cell phone right now. It's (laughs) 319-504-9515. You call anytime. There you go. I will put that in the show notes along with the document Mark reference. So there will be a link to this 27-page guide as well as Mark's cell phone in there in case you have more questions for him. So let's dive in now. Um, The first question that really comes to mind is, as an owner or co-owners, as they start getting close to retirement, what are some of the first steps that they need to be looking at? That's an interesting question. And I noticed you used the word retirement. Most of the calls that I get are directly related to, quote, retirement. But I've got a big but. I'm of the opinion that when you're getting close to retirement, it's not an appropriate time to begin your succession planning. What would happen if there would be an injury or a disability or, or hopefully not a death um, prior to that? My comments are, sure, as you get close to retirement, it's important. But I believe this type of preparation and documentation 
should be done now and updated, oh, not annually, but perhaps every five years. So to answer your question, if you do get close to retirement, um, certainly I've got some step-by-step items within the guide of which I'll summarize. But again, I'm going to emphasize to your listeners, the time to start, in, 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 in my opinion, is now. You know, this a succession plan puts everyone at ease. It's it's the it's the owners or co-owners, as you said. It's the the family um, and the successor. Um, but first of all, there are a couple initial steps that you should um, contemplate, and that is, and again, whether you're at retirement age or near it, or it's uh, you just want to start a plan is what's your preference to whom will be your successor? And this is what the guide, um, among other resources, uh, walks you through. Frequently, as you mentioned, there's co-owners, and there's there, there can be a co-owner agreement that can um, be set forth in writing. It might uh, require perhaps uh, key man term life insurance policies on each other or could be um, a next generation. As you know, Mandy, um, from all of the events that we go to with regard to VGM's Heartland and MedTrades and the other other industry shows, there are many of our long-term members that are passing on the baton to their children. And so this is becoming more and more common. Um, Also, there's, 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 there should be some review of key employees, not necessarily the owners, but employees that have been in the business for a considerable period of time and can take over the reins. This perhaps is most common in some of the smaller organizations uh, within our industry. Um, uh, uh, listeners today might know we operate a women's health division called Essentially Women. Um, frequently, Uh, the succession planning works with um, perhaps a certified mastectomy fitter that's been a key employee for years. And obviously, of course, there are the opportunities for marketing your business to an outside party. Um, Valuations, Mandy, have never been higher for outside transactions. We, um, we, we monitor these, uh, Uh, Myself and and, and many of my colleagues at VGM uh, work closely with those that handle the transactions. And if there is a time um, in the past 20 years, I've never seen it higher for the amount of values of our business. The demographics are there. They're very clear. And I don't need to be stereotypical about how many of us are turning 65 and and needing the um, home medical equipment and the other um, items within our industry. Um, But there's been a lot of uh, outside party transactions that have been successful. The owners have been well compensated. And I added, um, I believe at your request to the guide, uh, a rather um, rare or comparatively rare option. And that's the employee stock option plan, ESOP of which, as, as we know at VGM, we are an ESOP and we are all employee owners. Frequently, but not always, that is a larger operation and there is it requires extensive uh, financial 
and legal counsel planning. But I'll take a breath. I, I to answer your question somewhat quickly is let's begin with what you believe would be most appropriate for your business for what entity would be your successor. Great. Thank you, Mark. And you answered my second question in there too, was how soon does a business need to be looking at this? And as you noted, it, it's now. So if you haven't started looking, you should you should do so current now, right now. But I also want to ask one thing you mentioned in your answer here was just the evaluations. Can you just talk me through a little bit what that looks like and what you are seeing in the industry with those right now? With evaluations, of course. Yes. Um, traditionally, <clears throat> and I traditionally would be again in the, in the last decade, um, valuations have been um, determined by a number of somewhat rule of thumb factors. And one of them is taking into account the organization's earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and so forth, EBITDA, E-B-I-D-D-T-A. And again, many of your listeners are familiar with that term. There is a multiple, and the, and the reason that you are going to use the earnings factor versus the net, 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 is obviously some organizations pay no taxes, some have higher depreciation schedules than others. You want to take into a, you want to remove those factors from your from your 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 base earnings, and then you can well you can contact me, you can contact a professional that is um, uh, a merger and acquisition consultant. You can you can contact a CPA, but the multiples are frequently. Um, in the four, five, six, seven, and even eight ranges. So <clears throat> to put this somewhat more simplistic, we have seen in our space, in the durable medical equipment, orthotic and prosthetic space, uh, multiples that have creeped up from the low oh, twos and threes of a decade ago when competitive bidding really reared its ugly head and, and it hurt the valuations. Um, now that we seem to have reached um, somewhat of a, of a balancing act. Uh, as you know, the competitive bid program has been effectively put on hold with the exception of a couple items. And the, um, the ability of these companies uh, with the increased demand, as I, I noted before, uh, you're looking at sometimes a six or seven times earnings. There are other factors you can take into account with regard to your top line sales, but I really don't want to get wrapped around the axle here too much. And I'd be willing, again, with, with that cell phone number that everyone has to discuss the individual. And I got to emphasize that the, we represent at VGM, uh, you know, a number of companies, a traditional HME, DME, but also specific to complex rehab. I mentioned women's health. We have some retail uh, companies that service the um, the industry with regard to uh, accessible homes and so forth. These all have a little bit of different valuations, and that's why on a half-hour podcast, it's hard to get in each. But the timing is right at this moment, 2022, and in the foreseeable future um, for valuations to remain high. And just one last comment, and I'll take a breath. The uh, federal government comes out every year with an update to the expected uh, demand, and they break it down, as you'd expect, by Medicare, Medicaid, private insurance, uh, Medicare uh, Part C Advantage plans, and out-of-pocket. And we're looking at a 6% uh, 
um, growth rate year over year. This has never been uh, so strong in our industry um, such that the valuations of the current businesses I see, um, if not just maintaining their, their relatively high level, but growing over the next several years. Great. Thank you, Mark. And I appreciate that that sidestep because I do think that's important for people to realize if they're looking at this, that now is a good time if they were trying to figure out if they're going to wait or go, it, they needed to, to have that little bit of information there. So what route, you've been doing this for a while and talking to a lot of our members, what route do you see most memberships taking in terms of who their successor or what their plan looks like? I mentioned there we represent a, a number of different uh, um, uh, business types. The smaller companies, and by smaller, I mean perhaps less than a million in, uh, in top line sales. Frequently, I'm seeing those types of succession plans um, going to a family member or a key employee. When it comes to our middle-sized um, operations, and for middle-sized, let's say to several million, perhaps up to but to ten million, um, this area has been a sweet spot for acquisitions. Um, in other words, sales to larger companies that want to extend their footprint. There are certainly um, efficiencies of scale and, and some of these uh, some of these companies that are acquiring the relatively smaller and again this is in the several million to 10 million companies and again paying them top dollar um, they're expanding into other counties or perhaps even across the state line the largest companies of which vgm uh, when i started we did not represent a lot of large companies that has changed. The, the single location, as we used to say, the mom and pops, used to be the mode. It's no longer. Um, as this industry has grown, um, there's been obviously consolidation, but there's also um, been some good, solid companies that have grown uh, through acquisition. And I've seen at, at, at that level, um, there's even private equity now uh, investing into the uh, the entity. So again, it, it, there, there's no black and white answer. Um, a few of the uh, companies in our space have gone to employee ownership, but again, uh, while I include details and some, and some advice within the guide, and this requires again, some long-term financial planning and legal counsel guidance, uh, it, it is again, perhaps the exception. Um, so again, depending upon the nature of the business, uh, depending upon the uh, type of business, um, it, it's going to vary. And I'd be again, I'm happy at any time to discuss um, with with any uh, company or their representative um, some of those options. So obviously, you've you've seen a number of these, and in, in a lot of different industries that we serve, what are some of the common mistakes you see people making and what would you tell them and, and how to avoid them? A lot of the companies that have good intentions for succession, not all, but s several of them have never completed the step of reducing it to writing. It's a relatively 
simple process. It it's, could be a lengthy process, and it should be updated, as I said, oh, perhaps every several years to five years. But one of the biggest mistakes are there, there's not a succession plan that is, again, reduced to writing that can be shared with not only um, co-owners, family members, legal counsel, accounting or financial advisors. And the steps to writing a succession plan make up a good portion of the guide that we both have referenced. There are templates that have been developed by financial analysts. Um, I have somewhat edited those to more reflect the nature, the unique nature of our business. But there, there should be, um, and again, you asked about mistakes. Let's, let's put it in writing and perhaps begin now to determine if you were to sell your business, the manner in which you would want to or what entity would take uh, over that business. There's, there's a couple ways that I also include within the guide that um, uh, you mentioned evaluation. There are, again, professionals that can do that. Um, your, uh, your, the resources at VGM can assist you with that. We represent, as you know, thousands of companies such that there are, there are references. Um, I think I used the anecdote the uh, business owner should know what the house next door sold for, you know, recently, not 10 years ago, not five years ago. And VGM and my colleagues uh, within the company can assist you with what has happened. So it's it's do your homework, um, complete or begin and then complete um, your succession plan. Contact an appropriate accountant if you do not have an in-house accountant or CPA and begin the, um, the uh, determination of your valuation. You might wish to uh, clean up some issues on your balance sheet or on your income statement because um, the uh, potential buyer, again, whether it's affiliated with the company or not, is going to want to review those financials. And you, you uh, mentioned the word mistake. I've gotten a call from... Uh, a company that's interested in acquiring the others and they looked at the financials and they hadn't been updated. They were difficult. They were not using accepted accounting uh, principles. I believe it's GAAP, G-A-A-P. And uh, these are, these are items that VGM can assist you with and, but more importantly, um, secure a professional to, to review those. Those are perhaps the most uh, important um items that they can begin with now to prevent those uh, potential mistakes. And again, the, uh, the template that um, we've created, and again, it's quite thorough, will, will minimize almost the majority of these potential mistakes because virtually every aspect uh, of the potential sale or transfer is covered in the succession plan. Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard, right? That's all the nitty gritty, not fun stuff that people have to be aware of. But it's just, it, there's such important details and to weed through that I can I can see that's um, maybe some of the myths that happens there. Sure, but again, it, it's nice to have someone hold your hand. And again, this template was just not uh, created um, from, a, from a cookie cutter version. 
This was developed and edited by uh, pro professional human resource professionals, attorneys and accountants, and then edited um, uh, by, by me to uh, more specifically address the, the nature and the concerns of our industry. Uh, so there's, there's a, a long answer to a short question to prevent mistakes is to, uh, you know, review such a, a plan and begin the research and the writing to complete the plan, uh, the plan uh, sooner rather than later. And again, we always think retirement is, as we started out this um, podcast, um, things can happen and uh, hopefully not, but you're, you're going to want that preparation. Absolutely. Well, I think that leads really well into one of my last questions here. And that is, you know, what would some of those top, let's say, three pointers be that you were going to give someone. Now, if I had to pick one for you, I would say it's going to be, you know, use the templates and do some of that due diligence, but maybe you have three other pointers that you would like to make sure people think about when they get ready to do this. To answer that question, that somewhat depends on that first choice. And I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize that again. If the, if the potential um, company for transition um, wants to uh, maintain the operations within a co-owner or the family or perhaps a key employee, my, my answers would be different for those that are going to wish to sell to an outside party. Um, again, the, the, the scrutiny and the criteria of the financials and the operations and the standard operating procedures, those, all, those have to be somewhat very tight. And again, um, we can we can assist um, many many companies with that, um, and that again is with regard to perhaps an outside acquisition. If it's if it's closer to home, and again I use the example of a co-owner um, or a family member or a key employee, the criteria is a little bit eased. These individuals are aware of the operations; they are. Uh, likely um, ready to walk right in with, with minimal, um, minimal disruption or a smooth transition. And um, one thing I, that I did not uh, bring up that's important is the majority of the revenues that, the, that our companies that we represent receive are not cash. They're not credit card and checks. They're from third-party payers, um, frequently Medicare, uh, that represents about a third of many of our companies, Medicaid, 25% or more. You've got all the private insurances. There are certain restrictions with regard to transferring ownership that are critical. And this is, again, will answer perhaps two of your questions. One, what's, what's important and what's a mistake not to be made. And that is proper uh, notification of these outside payers with regard to a pending transfer of ownership or a succession, a sale, whatever, a merger. And there can, there can, unfortunately, and we've seen it occur, be a complete grinding of cash flow to virtually zero from the entitlement payers, Medicare and Medicaid, and sometimes even down to the private insurance companies. Um, most of the uh, contracting have um, clauses with regard to transfer of ownership. Many of them are lenient. But Medicare and Medicaid, uh, depending upon the type of transaction, requires notification. And 
I don't need to get into the exact details, but uh, at, at the very minimum, there's a notification to the to the um, National Supplier Clearinghouse uh, to to patients that are currently on service, and we can assist you with that. We've got a good reimbursement group uh, with my colleague Rhonda Burmester. We've got a great third payer um, a consultant in Craig Douglas. And a lot of the overall questions with regard to the, the business transactions, of course, I'm, I'm pleased to help with. But I, I'd like to emphasize again, um, there, there's, there's certain notifications that are important and there must be uh, clear disclosure to the potential successor. Again, whether it be coworker, a key employee or, or an outside third party with regard to these revenue sources. Last but not least, and again, we're trying not to get into the weeds here with a the, with the short podcast, there's two different types of transactions with regard to the succession. It's an asset sale or stock sale, and both of these come with advantages, but also with some disadvantages of which I can discuss with any um, of, our, of our good um, uh, customers at any time. There's, there's certain ways to effect a transfer of ownership with a stock sale that is seamless and smooth. There's certain uh, legal um, uh, requirements that you're going to uh, have to do some due diligence with. But again, and to summarize, um, we can assist you and, and guide you through that process. Okay. This really is my last question. We, we've talked about the resources that we have in terms of, um, you know, the employee owners we have at VGM that can help, this template, this ebook that we have, guide, whatever, all these things that we like to call it. Are there other places or resources that you would like to point people to that could help them in this process? Sure. If there is a relatively large um, transaction that is expected, there are certain individuals and companies that are professionals in just our space. Um, there is a variety of methods to, um, to um, reimburse these individuals and companies. Some are based on percentages. Some are based on flat fees. There are also, um, because of the documentation needed with regard to, I mentioned Medicare and Medicaid, this isn't like just selling uh, a company, uh, what, what can I use for a simple example, um, uh, a small restaurant. There are, with, with uh, our DME space, there are, there are lots of certain criteria that are regulated and monitored and audited, as, as you're very well aware of from your tenure with the company. So there's certain law firms that I would recommend that know this space. Business attorneys are fine, but um, business attorneys that are, that are transacting um, a succession, an acquisition, uh, is much different than from a restaurant or from a supply or from, I'm just trying to think of an example, uh, a building materials uh, uh, operation. So, yes, I, I can uh, give uh, any interested party uh, a listing and some recommendations of appropriate counsel. So, there are outside professionals. Their, their fees are reasonable. And again, depending upon the size of the transaction, I always um, suggest 
uh, for the for the security of of not just the seller, but for the buyer and for perhaps the extended family that might have an interest in the business to have appropriate representation throughout uh, the entire process. Uh, again, I please feel free to begin with me. Um, uh, as 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 you know, and there's there's never any uh, fee for uh, consulting. Uh, with the crew from Government Relations, and we're happy to uh, help you at any time. I think that is perfect, Mark. Is there anything else, though, that we may have missed that you want to just make sure that our listeners know about? No, other than we will be updating as well over the next year and hopefully years uh, information with regard to the current state of the industry. As you know, we update uh, every year for the uh, uh, various uh, industry events like MedTrade Heartland and all the state association shows, updated data with regard to the growth of our industry. We offer um, estimates of demand. We offer updates on valuation as we started out this discussion a half an hour ago. So there is a resources um, area within the website of VGM, and I believe you can help me with that better than me, or better than I can recite. I, I'm not that technical. I believe it's on VGM.gov. Is that correct? Correct. So again, at VGM.gov, there are updated resources, and uh, again, we will uh, make it a priority to update this information for the benefit of the industry uh, on a regular basis. Yes, thank you. And as Mark mentioned, you can go to vgmgov.com. Uh, you can also, as a member, log into the members-only portal and navigate to the government section, and you can see the resources there. And this document um, is is listed there as well. But there will be a link in the show notes as well as Mark's cell phone in there for you. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Industry Matters. Make sure you never miss an episode by visiting vgm.com slash industry matters podcast or following Industry Matters on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Stitcher.